Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am Brita Wallace and I am so happy that you are tuning in today. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you can tune in to new episodes and also stay tuned for expert guest speakers coming up on the show. I have quite the lineup building so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. There will be lots of guests in um, who are experts in a number of different topics that we struggle with on the daily in motherhood. So make sure that you stay tuned. Make sure you hit subscribe so you know. And all of these guests also have something that they want to give to you, whether it's a freebie or... Um, a lot of them have freebies so far. All of them do have something that they want to give to my audience for free. Um, or is it just something that uh, a link to their website where you can access all of their freebies or all of their content that they have to offer, which is so amazingly huge. So you don't want to miss out on the episodes with the expert guest speakers, It's going to be awesome, and I'm so super excited to bring them on uh, coming up in the future. So let's hop right into our topic on this beautiful Thursday morning, which is teaching the persuasion we sometimes need to get our kids to comply, okay? So I decided on talking about this today because I have two little kids, five and three, and with that comes a lot of lessons in teaching them Um, a lot of things, but you know, which behaviors are appropriate and which are not and how to interact with others and handle their emotions optimally and navigate their social interactions, right? And I thought it was important to do an episode on this topic because it's so controversial and there's so many things out there that we are told we should or shouldn't do and we go into information overload, right? And we really don't know what information will actually be useful and what what won't be. Uh, so we tend to say, let's just forget it all. And we, uh, we just, you know, throw our hands up in the air and just say, forget it all, right? And we end up winging it or doing what our parents did, even though for some of us that doesn't feel right. And the reason I thought this topic was important to discuss is because of the controversy, of course, but also because of the child who you may have tried everything with already and nothing seems to work. Maybe you have taken all the things and and really truly given them uh, a shot because sometimes we think that we're going to do something for a day or one time or even for a week and it doesn't work and we really have to give things a fighting chance and we there are tools that we need um to get our kids to comply, which I will do an episode on that next week, the tools that we need, the top tools we need to get our kids to comply. But I do think that this, what we're talking about today, um, works even for the kids that are harder um, to get comply, to comply, which is uh, the strong will, determined, and persistent child, like the one that I have. I also want to encourage you that what I have to share today works with any child at any age. So just because my kids are age three and age five doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have information, um, good information and good knowledge and skills 
dealing with teenagers or the middle-aged child. This can work with any child at any age. And of course, with everything we start in parenting, the earlier we implement it and make it a consistent constant in our home, the better and easier it is for us in the long run. But that doesn't mean we cannot implement new tools with our middle childhood kids or even our teenagers. Perhaps we need to become more strategic or it may take more effort, but it is still possible. And I want you to remember that. Change is possible in any relationship dynamic with some work on our part. We also have to remember that when we want change and we want something to be different, um, that that change starts with us because we can only change ourselves. We cannot change others, but we can make it in their best interest to change their behavior too and to uh, persuade them, excuse me, to do so. We all have free will and even if your best efforts have seemed to fail thus far, I'm going to encourage you, mama, to not give up. Keep pushing towards the goal that you want and learn the valuable tools you need to learn to make that goal a success. So let's talk about the persuasion we sometimes need to get our kids to listen uh, or to comply. Like I said, I have the child who despite my education, earned and ongoing, sometimes nothing works with. And I'm a family and parent educator, so please be encouraged that despite all of the tools in my toolbox that I have been taught and and implementing all of the things that I teach in my own home and that work well with my other child or when I teach those tools and skills to other parents, typically work like a charm. They do not, however, always work with my strong-willed, determined, and uh, persistent little guy. He's also persuasive persuasive. I almost said persuasive. He is also pretty persuasive. Um, One thing that I learned from earning my childhood, my early childhood degree is to tell kids what you want them to do and not what you don't want them to do. When we start a sentence of instruction with the word don't, it literally puts whatever you are saying after in their head. And they usually do it because they become confused as to what it is that they're being instructed to do. It's hard for our brains to process the word don't, and there are great exercises on this to back up this information that we could do. And if we were in a video setting where there was like, we were live, then I would go through those exercises with you because they're super powerful, but they are, but there are, take my word for it. Trust me. You can even probably find some and look them up online. And in fact, the more negative language we can remove from our instruction and discipline with our children, the better. We want to use positive language as much as possible. We do not want to put negative ideas in their head. So rather than saying, don't hit your sister, say hands are not for hitting, they're for helping, or please use gentle hands. Obviously, this is geared towards the younger child. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe your teenager or middle-aged child struggles with this as well. But let's talk about an example with our teenager that would be more geared towards a teenager. So this teenager has just learned how to drive and is taking their first trip out on the town in the car. How should we approach this conversation productively? So instead of saying, don't come home late or else this, 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 and this, and this, whatever it is you're going to say after that, whatever the consequence may be, right? which in this case sounds like a threat, 
And whether you are 2, 5, 17, or 45, no one likes to feel threatened and usually a will of defiance rises up in us when approached in this manner. So we can instead say, I expect you to be home by 9 p.m. or you will lose your privilege to take the car for the rest of the week. Another thing I learned from my education is that we give a consequence that is too long then it doesn't work as effectively. So anything longer than a week is a lot. And the younger they are, the shorter it should be. Of course, if your child goes out, drinks and drives and crashes the car, then their privilege to drive will be taken for much longer. And in serious circumstances, the consequence really does need to be more serious, right? As well, this is extreme. So there's these extreme situations where, uh, yeah, I mean, the law is going to... Um, take the car away, their driving privileges away for however long they're going to take them away. Their license is probably going to be pulled and that's going to be a pretty severe consequence. And maybe at home, they need to do work for you or get a job if they're old enough. Obviously, if they're old enough to drive, they're old enough to um, get a job. Maybe they need to work towards uh, helping to repair the damages that they uh, made to the car. So in a case like this, and in many cases in parenting, we have to give our children the opportunity to earn their privileges back. And that's really where I'm going with this today. A lot of us enforce really harsh and strict punishments on our kids, and we experience the pushback from that and find ourselves in a never-ending power struggle with our kids. Why? Because we all have power and we all have a will to exert it. I know that as a parent, that is not encouraging information to hear. But when we have tools and strategy, we become empowered. After all, it's still your house and your rules and your boundaries. And it's important that those things are respected for the duration your kids live in your house. And what we need to remember and what we need to teach our children is that privileges are earned. They are not rights. And if we do this correctly, this can be a game changer for us. The other thing we do if we um, are not super strict is we become permissive and allow our kids to do mostly whatever they want. And we do this for a number of different reasons, especially with a strong-willed, determined, and persistent child. They can tend to bother us enough to the point where we just want it to stop, right? And we're going to do anything they want or give them anything they want for just five minutes of peace. Can anybody else relate to that? I was that child. So I know how that is for uh, for my parents and to have a child like that payback, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, we want that peace. So we just... We just give in to them. And I know that many of us can relate to this. I And like I said, I don't only have this child. I was this child. And as much as I enjoyed getting my way at the time and with one of my parents, it really was a huge disservice, not only to my parent, maybe he didn't know it at the time, and especially my other parent, because one parent always tends to be more disciplinary and the other parent seems to be more uh, permissive, right? That that happens in a lot of families. Um, but that, we'll have an episode on that one day too on why that's not okay and why you need to be a team 
in your home, it's us against the kids, okay? Like that's a great, um, that is a great topic that I'm gonna write down when we're done with the podcast episode today. It's us against the kids. Like we really need to understand that as moms and as partners, we really have to get our husbands on board. We have to like stand uh, our ground with that and, you know, go to our husbands and be like, it is us against the kids. Okay. We need to be united here, but that is an, a topic for another time. And it's a great topic that we will talk about, but especially for that other parent who tends to be, you know, maybe, uh, more disciplinary, but it was also a disservice to myself because being able to persuade people to give me what I want in the manner in which I did, it did not teach me some of the necessary skills that I needed in life. And I had to learn hard lessons in my adult life as a result of this. Now, don't get me wrong. We have to take responsibility for ourselves and our behavior as adults. If our parents fall short, short, excuse me, of certain life lessons, then society is going to teach them to us, right? But I believe in a more harsher and more difficult manner that society is going to teach us that in a more uh, difficult and harsher manner. And I think we can more strategic, I cannot talk right now, excuse me. I think we can more constructively teach them to our children and have them uh, navigate those lessons at home. That's more uh, productive and that helps them um, learn how to bring those things into their adult lives, which is a huge service to them. And I really believe that this is our job as their parents and... There will inevitably be things that we fail to teach our kids because we're human, right? And we really need to stop as moms right now. I'm just going to beg you to stop striving for perfection in everything that you do um, because there are going to be things that we're just going to fail to teach our kids because life happens or whatever. And we really need to stop striving for that perfection. We need to give ourselves grace perfectionism really is not a good thing. It just rids us with guilt and unrealistic expectations of ourselves and even of others. And quite frankly, it really just makes us miserable. But we can strive for excellence instead and showing up and doing our best every day. And that looks different every single day. Um, It's meeting us um, ourselves where we're at, right? And others where they're at as well. And our best today might look different than our best tomorrow because of what's going on in our lives. And that's where striving for excellence comes in is, okay, maybe we didn't have the best day, but I did my best and I am striving for excellence. And that being the goal is way better than trying to show up and being perfect every day. I promise you, I'm a perfectionist at heart. It's something I have to tell myself all the time because naturally I want to go there and I have to say, nope, that's unrealistic. That makes me miserable. It's not realistic. And it just puts unrealistic expectations and pressure on me and on others. And it's not, um, it's not healthy. But striving for excellence and having that be the end goal is and being your best self every day. And that looks different on the daily. So we... We'll also do an episode on, you know, striving for excellence in the future as well. We have a lot of episode topics 
branching off of this topic. But for now, let's just get back to persuading our kids to uh, what to do to get them to comply, especially those who are strong-willed, determined, and persistent, like myself and my child. So what can we do when we give them directions and tell them what we want them to do instead of what we don't want them to do? And they still do what we don't want them to do anyway. What happens when we have the kid that needs to learn for themselves? That was always me. Uh, don't touch the stove. It's hot. It will burn you. Oh, well, let me see if you're right. Is it going to burn me? Oh, yes, it's going to burn me. I was that kid and I have that kid. My kid is so much like me. It's not even funny. I turned out okay. So I'm going to pretty convinced that he's going to turn out okay as well, especially with all the knowledge and um, learning that I've had along the way. So what happens to that kid though that needs to, or with that kid that needs to learn for themselves, that's always pushing their boundaries and limits and always is pushing us to be in integrity with what we say, asking in the back of their heads, do you really mean that? So in addition to all of the obvious things we already learned, such as being consistent, which is really key, consistency is key. If you're not being consistent in your home, your kids are not going to listen. And that's one of the main things why parents need to be united. But mama, I am consistent, okay? I'm consistent and I still have that kid that does all these things and then some. I mean, what I say and I say what I mean and I stand my ground and he still pushes me and has to see things for himself a lot of the time. Not all the time. Some days I have literally the perfect child. And if he goes anywhere else, I get amazing reports about him at school, friends' houses, with his grandparents. If he's anywhere else but home, he is an angel. Um, and that's always a good thing to hear. And it's always encouraging. You have to understand that kids' homes are their safe places. So they often act out at home with the people they feel safest with. That should be, uh, we can reframe that into a positive instead of always thinking about that negatively like we normally do, right? Why just can't they act the way they do everywhere else like they do? Or why can't they act, you know, at home like they do everywhere else? But it's because it's their safe place and you are the people they feel safest with. So what about when I say if you are disrespectful, you lose your iPad and TV privilege? This is the thing in my house that my child is really pained about losing. And that's why that is the consistent uh, consequence for that. And yet, and it usually has to do with that too. It's usually because he doesn't want some to stop doing something on there. He doesn't want to do something else. And he gets kind of really snappy about it. And um, media time should be something that is uh, structured and, and timed because it can it does change our brains. Again, a topic for another time. But he purposefully becomes, and he does, because he gets this like, if you ask him not to do something or say like, hey, like I'm going to, like that was disrespectful. Um, and if you talk to me that way again or say that to me again, um, you know, disrespectful or rude, if you say that to me again, he purposefully does it to see what I'm going to do. He does. And you can tell. You know your kids, right? He purposefully does it, gets a smirk like, hmm, what are you going to do? Are you going to do it? Like, and, um, and he does this anyway. 
just because he wants to see if I'm bluffing and our kids are going to test us. So what do we do then? I think it's important that our kids learn that they should behave and be respectful and do make the right choice because it's the right thing to do. And it's really important that we um, instill this in our children by expressing to them this to them over and over and over again throughout the time that they live in our home. You do the right thing. You make the right choice because it's the right thing to do. You need to tell the truth because it's the right thing to do. Um, and it's your integrity. It has to do with your integrity, right? When we're telling the truth, if we're telling lies, people don't believe what we say. Um, and, and giving them those lessons on why we do the right things. We do, we make the right choices. We make these choices because they are the right things to do, right? But um, I think that, and a side note on that is a part of parenthood is being really truly a broken record. People always get mad when they have to repeat things. Well, parenthood, I'm sorry, is all about repetition and consistency. Um, and that's the number one thing we just have to get in our heads is repetition, consistency, repetition, consistency. You're repeating yourself. You're saying the same exact things because you're programming a brain, essentially. Just think of it like that. You're programming and you have to teach it. So you have to keep repeating yourself and keep expressing and you have to give those lessons and you know lying is going to be a different lesson than stealing right um and always giving the why behind that is really really good and we really need to instill that and i think that's really number one is that our kids need to understand that you don't get things for doing the right thing that's not we're not gonna get rewarded for doing the right thing but our kids also need to understand that their privileges such as ipads tv video games going to friends houses after school taking the car after getting their license and really we could just go on and on and on right these things they're privileges anything that our kids do not require to stay alive to be holistically healthy and what I mean by that is like physically, mentally, emotionally, um, as well as their right for you to protect them by giving them a roof over their head, um, you know, keeping them safe and an education, anything beside those things, they're privileges. It's equally as important, I also believe, to give them the opportunity to earn their privileges back within a reasonable time frame. This is the sweet spot. This is truly where it's at. So on top of consistency and repetition, okay? Because if you are not in integrity with your word, mama, your kids are not going to believe what you say. So what does this look like? So let's say you set a limit or a boundary. Let's go back to the teenager with the car. I expect you to be home by 9 p.m., right? Um, I expect you to be home by 9 p.m. with the car. This is the boundary, the limit, right? And now you have to tell them what will happen if they're not home by 9. We always have to set that expectation, okay? I'm giving you a privilege. Now there's an expectation. Pr with privileges comes an expectation. It come, There comes a boundary, right? Which is... Um, 
there comes a boundary and then there comes an expectation. I expect you to be home by nine with a car. And if you're late, if you're late, I will take, uh, I'll take away your privilege to drive the car for one week. And during this week, you will have to earn back your privilege by showing me that you can be on time. This consequence matches the crime, right? We aren't saying you'll be grounded from everything and in your room for a month straight where you will do nothing and then at the end of 30 days, you will just magically get the car privilege back. No. If we do that, what is that teaching them really? Okay, you're grounding them from everything and they're just really getting mad and resentful and they're figuring out how they can sneak out of their room and sneak their phone and do all these things because that's what's going to happen if we are that forceful with our punishment and we punish. We should be more geared towards teaching lessons and giving consequences when needed than um, setting those boundaries really and those expectations and saying there will be a consequence if you do not abide by my expectation and my boundary. You need to set the limit and you need to tell them that they need to earn the privilege back. They don't just magically get it back. In 30 days, what are they doing? How are they practicing? How are they working to be on time? We have to give them the opportunity to be on time. And if we're taking everything from them and all of their privileges away, well, then they're not getting the opportunity to show up on time and to be on time. And they're not getting, um, showing us that they are responsible enough to take the car again, right? So it gives them an opportunity to be responsible. Um, and it's giving them the opportunity to earn the privilege by saying, I'm taking it for a week and you have to show me that you can be on time. If they still are able to go to their friend's houses after school and they keep coming home late or they come home late, well, then a limit needs to be set with that as well. Okay, well, now you can't go to your friend's house for a week because you came home late and you can set that limit, right? Before they go, I'm going to let you go to your friend's house, but you need to be home um, by nine o'clock. And if you're late, I'm not going to let you go there for the next three days or whatever it is. But then the time frame in which they earn their privilege back, it then it needs to be extended with the car as well. Okay, so if you're... Giving them opportunities to earn their um, privilege back by showing you that they're responsible enough to be on time for things. Maybe it's not just, maybe they have a problem with being on time all the time. So you need to, um, or it's become an issue after the car, right? You need to extend it. Well, if they can't show you within that week that you take the car away that they can be on time, Well, then you need to say, I'm really sorry, you've been late all week and you haven't shown me that you can be on time. So I'm extended it. I'm extending, um, you know, taking away the car privilege for another week. And I'm going to give you another week um, opportunity to show me that you can show up and be on time for the next week. And that's for, you know, maybe it's for school or getting up on time for school or being out the door um, coming home from your friends, you know, whatever it is. So for my little guys who are learning to be respectful and kind, I take their iPads for four hours. 
Okay, so I would say I'm taking your iPads for four hours. If you can work to be respectful and kind to each other, you know, or us, whatever it is, um, you may earn your eye privilege back. If not, I will be keeping it for another four hours, so on and so forth. Whatever the limit, it needs to be the same every time. This is also very important. Unless after you have given it a really good shot, let's say for at least 30 days with consistency and repetition and the limit may just not be working, then the limit may need to be revised, even perhaps slightly. We need to earn things in life that we want. So with my five-year-old, okay, you for four hours, I'm taking your iPad and you need to earn it back. But for my three-year-old, it might look like two hours or an hour. Like you need to be respectful and kind for the next hour to earn your iPad privilege back. And if once I give it back to you, you start being disrespectful and kind again, I'm taking it for another hour. You have to earn the privilege to have it. If it's causing a problem, then we're going to take it away and you need to earn it back, okay? And again, the reason why I have that consequence that and that limit with the iPad is because that's the thing that's often causing an issue. It's like it's time to eat dinner and they're getting, you know, disrespectful or whatever. So sometimes when they are <laughs> fighting with each other, I make them clean their room together. Here, we're going to practice being... Um, you know, getting along and doing something together and doing a task together and some team building stuff because you guys need to, you know, do things together and we help them um, or we're in there. And obviously my three-year-old needs a little more help than my five-year-old, especially my three-year-old could clean a room. My five-year-old could clean a room at three um, and was actually more apt to do it at that age than he is now. He needs to, you know, I have to say, well, we're not going to watch TV or play your iPad or, you know, do whatever until your room is clean. We're not doing anything else. You need to clean your room. And until you clean it, you don't have any other privileges. Um, if I want him to clean his room because it is such an issue, but <laughs> because my three-year-old is the younger one and people do things for him all the time, especially his brother, which I always encourage him, like, stop doing things for him. He needs to learn how to do them on his own. Um, he does not like to clean and he does need help because that's just been his dynamic. So every kid is different. Um, and that's why I told you that. And you know your children. So you, obviously you have to be wise and you have to be um, another part of parenting is being a little investigator of your own children and learning about them and knowing, you know, that's how I know my kid, my one child does things on purpose um, is because I know that about him. Um, whereas somebody else might say, oh no, like he probably wasn't doing that on purpose, especially if I'm just telling them a story and they don't really know him. No, he really is. Or maybe you're thinking, oh no, he probably isn't doing that on purpose. Yes, he is. Um, and in other scenarios and situations, he just does things to learn on his own. He doesn't have that smirk on his face he's, or he's not laughing after he does it, right? So you know, you know your children, um, especially a mama. You've got that mama intuition, tap into it, be an investigator, know your children and <laughs> roll with that. Use that um, throughout your life as a mom because it will serve you well. So... Um, my five-year-old, he likes to play games on his iPad and sometimes they cost money and I don't just say, yes, you can have it. And I don't always say, no, you can't have it. 
Um, I've gotten in the habit lately of saying that he can do things to earn me buying him that game. He still has to do the things he's required to do, which sometimes include, um, you know, family contributions. Like I have him, um, he puts handprints all over the windows, so he cleans the windows. And I'm like, since you're getting so good at the w- cleaning the windows, you got to, you know, still clean the windows. And when I take the garbage out, he'll put the garbage bag in. And those are things that I just have him do in like clearing his plate and cleaning up after himself for meals. Um, But I said, in addition to those things that he normally has to do, those are family contributions, or as most of you are more familiar with um, chores. I just don't like that term. Family contributions actually comes from another parenting expert, Amy McCready. And I just think it is brilliant um, because it is, we're all a family. We all have to pitch in, we all have to have to contribute. And I just think it's such a better term. Um, than a chore and I don't believe kids should get paid for them if you want something then you need to help uh, me do other things some things in addition to this and that's not to say I don't think kids deserve an allowance I think there's great opportunities to teach kids how to save money and budgeting and stuff like that and different concepts by earning an allowance, but I don't think they should be associated with those things. And again, that could be an episode for another time. But um, for example of this, today I asked my child to take our long handled broom that's specific for cleaning the porch. Um, I have a, a, a porch broom and to clean the cobwebs off the porch. He could reach by just putting it up and cleaning them off. Um, and that was one of the things he said, okay, you have to help me out around the house. Uh, this week by doing some extra things. I mean, that's something that is not going to take him that long. It's going to take him all of maybe five minutes. So, um, and he can earn the game that he wants by doing things um, for me this week without, you know, whining and, and giving me a hard time about it. I don't believe in rewards and this is different. Earning things is different than giving a reward, perhaps slightly, but it's still different. There is a lifelong lesson that I believe we can start teaching kids at ideally a young age, but really at any age. They will have to earn and work for everything they want in life and learn how to make those choices in adulthood. I don't think a little initiative is wrong to help them get there. We can help teach them those things now so they're prepared when they get to be adults. I don't mean slave drive your kids into cleaning your whole house for $10. I really don't believe in that either, but I do believe that they need to earn their privileges or entitlement will set in and they will think they can push you to the edge. And if they don't think they're going to see that car or iPad for a month, they really have no initiative to do what you're asking them to do. They don't have the opportunity to earn it back. And you're not teaching them that skill that they're trying to earn something back, that privilege back that they're lacking. They're lacking a skill like being on time. Well, if you work with them and teach them and have them earn that back to be on time, well then they earned the privilege back. They earned it. It's different than rewarding them. I don't believe being rewarded for behavior I believe that also opens up the door to entitlement. If you didn't win the race, then you shouldn't get a big trophy, right? But the person who earned it, who earned it because they worked 
to earn it got the trophy. And that's what I believe in. Um, maybe you get a participation trophy. I mean, I'm not getting into that whole controversial thing, but I'm just saying like, if you didn't earn it, then what are you going to learn from it? When we're not making our kids earn things, they're not learning that we're missing an opportunity for them to learn a life skill that they have to take into their adult life for the whole rest of their lives. This is something they have to learn and to take into their lives that they don't just get things handed to them um, and they don't just get you know you don't just get participation salary you have to earn it right and our we should be giving our kids the opportunity to earn the privilege back we need to give them that opportunity to earn their privileges back. So with that said, let's let's wrap up for today. Um, And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for a lineup. Again, I'm going to tell you, we have some amazing guest speakers that are going to be coming to speak on the show to help us mamas navigate those everyday hardships and circumstances that come with the privilege of being a mom. So until next time, take care and God bless.